Climbers, what if you could take a six-figure musician masterclass for free? What? We're going to mm-hmm. talk about that with a dear friend of the Climb Show Music Business Podcast, Lindsay Kirkendall, on today's episode. Yeehaw! Welcome to the Climb! This is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you create leverage in the music business because leverage is what you're going to need in the new music business. It's not just talent, but also proof that your talent has value. You're going to have to do that on your own, but once again, the good news is you don't need anybody's permission. You just got to be a student of the game and you can make a living doing what you were born to do. That's why we called it The Climb, C-L-I-M-B, Creating Leverage in the Music Business. That's a brilliant backstronym from my brilliant co-host and hit songwriter, Mr. Mr. Brent Baxter. Mm-hmm. And Brent is an award-winning hit songwriter with cuts by Alan Jackson, Randy Travis, Lady A, Joe Nichols, and more. Had a couple number ones in the last few years on Southern Gospel. Got a top 10 right now, currently on Australian radio, if I'm mm-hmm. not mistaken, right? Uh, yep. Making miracles happen. And what I love about Brent is he helps songwriters like you turn pro by revealing how you write like a pro, do business like a pro, and then on the regular, he's going to get you in touch with the pros to create a relationship. That's the final missing link in that chain to your success. Like uh, All those things matter. The right songs matter. But if you don't have the right relationships, then they're not going to get heard. They're not going to get cut. That's why you need me. You can find Brent at songwritingpro.com. Once again, that's songwritingpro.com. And I would like to introduce you to my co-host, Johnny Twinell. Johnny owns Daredevil Production. They're breaking artists digitally by identifying new fans through data. Yeah, it's complicated, but thankfully, Johnny's smart. If you're an artist looking to increase your streams, blow up your video views, sell more live show tickets, and get discovered by new fans, TV and music industry pros, then Daredevil Production can help. Daredevil has worked with multi-platinum artists like Colin Ray, Tracy Lawrence, Ty Herndon, and Andy Griggs, just to name a few. You can find Johnny at DaredevilProduction.com. That is production, singular, no S, and there is no S because there is no other Johnny D. What's up? Masterclass. Masterclass. Six figures. I like the word six figures. That's two words, but it's like six figures in masterclass. And that's that just makes my nipples hard. I think it's like that's, <laughs> I want to know. I want to know more. <laughs> I love it. So what we're going to do is uh, in just a second, we're going to welcome our guest on. But first, let's take care of a little business. We got Lindsay Kirkendall on the show again. And this time we've done it right. So this show is going to drop on the 13th of September. And so on the 20th, she's offering this free masterclass. And we just want to turn climbers on to it. We think it's a game changer. And you need to know about it. But before we bring Lindsay on to the show, let's encourage you to join the Facebook group, The Climb Community. We want to see you there. It's it's facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash The Climb Community. You have to ask to be let in. We let everybody in. But you will be roadhoused out if you can't follow three simple rules. I mean... Number one, we want to hear about your gig. Put it in the right place. Mm -hmm. We want to hear about your new music. Put it in the right place. We want to hear about your wins. Put it in the right place. If you're going to put anything in the feed, make sure it's for everybody and you'll be fine. Otherwise, you'll be roadhoused out. And clearly, clearly, if you're putting this, if you're spamming crap in the feed, you're not listening to the damn podcast. And so you're You're out. You know what I mean? Like, that's and right. We, we protect our community with like mama bear vigilance, man. So don't even think about trying it. You'd just be 
it's just frowned upon in this establishment. It is. Okay. <laughs> That's right. So uh, what kind of wins we got today, buddy? Yeah, we'll just share a little bit because I know that we want to get on to the good stuff. But Charles Weimer, I believe I'm saying this last name right, uh, Climber says, crack the top 50 on the Texas country music chart with whiskey, Texas, and you landing at number 49. So, hey, who knows by the time this drops, he may be like in the teens or in the top 10. Who knows, Charles, what is next for you? But good job there. And let's see here. We have another one, a climber, Randy Maynard says, Jordan and I just got our first, that's Jordan Burks, Arkansas native. Yeehaw. Jordan Burks and I just got our first contract offer on one of our sync songs that was forwarded by taxi a few weeks ago. Thanks to Bill. You know which Bill that is. They gave him advice. Mm-hmm. O'Hanlon. Bill O'Hanlon for his advice. Also just got our demo finished with an amazing faith country song I wrote with Baxter Burks and the boys from The Sound, Levi, Rob, and Jacob Mills, getting ready to pitch it. And I just heard it. It is a good song. Sounds good. Levi sang his butt off. So those are some wins. So congrats, Randy and Charles, and keep on climbing. Yeah, congrats, Randy and Charles. Keep on climbing. Love that. And make sure you subscribe or follow the podcast, whatever platform you're on. And most importantly, Man, if we're getting this kind of attention from you on a weekly basis, because we ramble on, let's be honest, mm. then we're, got, we're providing some kind of freaking value. So tell a friend about it. Help us help them. And let's expand this out. So without further ado, I want to welcome a friend of the show here, a good friend of mine, Miss Lindsay Kirkendall to the climb. Lindsay, welcome, welcome. Welcome. Yeah, thank you. Good to be back, boys. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So, Lindsay, I should say, just got back from Austin. She was a speaker, and I'm just green with envy. And uh, you should be. It was awesome. <laughs> As she's the speaker at the CD Baby DIY conference, which is great. And I just last night went out with Tom Jackson. I went and saw Richie Kotzen and John Karabi at the Beast. And Tom and I were talking about DIY. He was like, I just came back from that and was, was telling me what was going on. I'm like, I want to speak at that next year. So now I'm going to have him shilling for me. I'm going to have you shilling for me. You'll be and there with us next year, bud. By George. I'm going to You're gonna be speaking at that next year. But <laughs> let's talk about that. First yeah. of all, how have you been? You, you've been good? I've been good. Yeah, I can't complain. Especially Living like coming Florida, off the miracles happen. What? Living down in Florida, making miracles happen. It's a Changing good break lives. from Nashville for a little while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is. It's really nice to be near the ocean and to be around people that are not musicians for a little while. <laughs> I can understand that. <laughs> I mean, I've been back. We moved. We officially actually in like two days, it'll be our one year anniversary from moving from Nashville. Okay. But we didn't officially settle until January because our house wasn't done being built. So we kind of traveled unexpectedly for the fall and winter. But it was funny because I was like, I've been back almost every other month since we've been gone. It's almost Mm -hmm. like I didn't Mm -hmm. move. And so now we're at the point where we're like, do we need to get like a condo and rent it as an Airbnb when we're not there? Because we're still coming back so much. So we'll probably never leave Nashville entirely. It's too much of our home. Yeah. But it's certainly great to spend some time near the beach. Yeah, that didn't hurt. Right, well, the pictures look amazing. I know that. Like, it's like you and Dustin are taking crazy pictures, like you guys yeah. on the beach. It just like it looks like a vacation. It is. It is. Postcard. Yeah. <laughs> Every For day sure. on social media. So let's get into this master class. Talk about the six figure mm-hmm. musician master class. So it's the six figure artist master class, Johnny. 
that's I'm sorry. Mm. <laughs> Just right. Yeah, this is really this is something that's really exciting and has been a part of my business journey for the last few years. Because when I first started doing this work and doing business consulting for artists, it was just kind of one-to-one. I was doing client work. I was hosting masterminds where I was doing group consulting and coaching and had developed a number of systems, if you will, that made the process of identifying what the non-traditional revenue streams in an artist's brand are a much easier process because I mean, we all would agree the the process for an artist in this day and age is very amorphous. We don't really know where or how the money is coming. And that was a big piece of the conversation that I had at CD baby too, because it's like, you'll hear these statistics, which are compelling and true. But for example, you can make a dollar to $2 for every email list subscriber on your list, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's exciting to hear as an artist, because a lot of artists, I think at this point, know the importance of having a list that you own Mm -hmm. instead of just growing your audience socially. But when you hear statistics like that, my next question, and I think most artists next question is, but how though? Yeah. What are we actually transacting around that is helping us generate that kind of money? Because you're not making a dollar to two dollars on your email list for sync or publishing, mm-hmm. or maybe you could kind of parallel or like attach that I'm selling tickets to shows. Mm-hmm. But what if you're not there yet? Or what if you're not touring regularly enough to have that? be something where you can have tickets to sell regularly and you can kind of make that make sense in your mind. Like where in the hell is the money coming from? Right. (laughs) Yes. It's so frustrating. And I think most artists are really very frustrating and confused by the fact that that's not, there's no clear cut system. Mm -hmm. It's not like if you grow up and you graduate high school and you go, I want to be a doctor one day. Well, there's a clear cut system to do that. You know, you go to university, Mm -hmm. you spend the four years, the five or eight years or however long it takes you, you get the degree, you get the graduate degree, you go to residency, you get a freaking MD on the end of it. Right. Mm -hmm. But with Mm -hmm. artistry, there's no system, right? Everyone's like flying blind, Throwing spaghetti against well, and especially now in the new music business because it's mm-hmm. digital. So I mean, that's one of the Finally. reasons why. And I should say this: I keep forgetting. We always have new listeners, new climbers, right. and I mean, L- Lindsay and I became friends because we both just orbit around the same planet on trying to crack the code and trying to architect a solid, repeatable, dependable pipeline. Right. for breaking an artist digitally that is as reliable as radio was when radio yeah. worked all the time and when radio mm-hmm. was the only answer. Right. It's still the Wild West out there. We still have the industry that's just completely, in terms of their digital strategies, completely focused on viral. If it doesn't go viral, it's a failure. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's just not the case. And so... Lindsay and I sort of just hooked up like intellectually and we're like, what, there's got to be some other ways around this. And and we've come up with some incredible different sort Mm -hmm. of approaches to doing this. And that's why, why you're in the climate. You used to work for Sony, used to work for what magazines you used to work for? Um, It was CCM magazine, but it was a number of different titles. I worked for Salem publishing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So we're talking industry pro here. Who's just focused, who sees the vacuum, who sees the need 
and the need for architecture in this. Yeah. And it's a great at, word. At the end of the day, guys, like we share the same thought and the same passion that if you have a compelling artist with a competitive song and a competitive recording, they if you get them in front of enough eyeballs and the right ones, people are going to respond to it. That's just yeah. the end of it. So now the question is, how do you do it? Yeah, exactly. And it's different than radio. And so that's I, I don't think people can think about this enough. Yeah. Right now, we just have a lot of different artists that have have managed to do that digitally on their own. And I think it's always a different specific path. Yeah. Right. Mm. Yeah. But fundamentally, there's a lot of similarities between them. Well, that's absolutely, I agree with that because I think for most artists, I know myself included, I like to have a framework so I know where I'm going, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. I want it to be loose enough that I can color outside the lines. I always joke. I'm like, I'm, I grew up in Southern California, literally 20 minutes from Disneyland. So we went all the time and my family was like, they got there when the doors opened and they were very organized about how they spent their day because they needed to get through it and make it happen. Mm -hmm. It's always been expensive. So my family was very thrifty and they're like, we're getting this done in one fell swoop. So I'm the type of person that when I go, I'm like, I want to have an itinerary so that if it's four o'clock and we're supposed to be on space mountain, but I feel like going to the Tiki room, I can go to the Tiki room and then come back and look at my itinerary and know, okay, now I can drop back in and still get where I'm going. And I think mm -hmm. that's what I'm, I shouldn't say I think, but that is what I've created with the six figure music business plan curriculum. And what I'm going to walk artists through in this masterclass is that, like you said, Johnny, they're all going to be unique because no two artists businesses are similar. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I think it's really unfair for artists to try to box themselves in that way. And I think that's what like the traditional model did. Mm -hmm. It was like this conveyor belt, very post-industrial system where it was like, all artists have to go through this process. And if you spit out the other end and you're a monetary success, yay, we did it. Right. Mm -hmm. But that yeah. didn't work for like 99.9% .9 of the artists that went through that system. So what I love about what we have available to us today with the digital space is that we can utilize some frameworks and some best practices, but also utilize it in a way that can be applied to everybody's different career trajectory. And it's not just that no two artists are the same and that they might be singing in a different genre, but we also have to consider the age of the artist, mm -hmm. what, how much money they have, their current life circumstances. Like mm -hmm. I will work with artists that are maybe young twenties that have family that are bankrolling their career. And then I also work with artists that are maybe in their late thirties, early forties that have three kids at home and a day job. Yeah. That's two very different circumstances. Yeah, and those two artists might also have very different goals in what they want to achieve with their artistry too. So again, I love that we have a system similar to, like I said, if you want to be a doctor, you know how to make it work, you follow these certain systems and, and this certain path or framework. Now we can do that as artists, but it's flexible enough for each of our unique scenarios or each of our unique circumstances and sets of goals. So if we want to go to the Tiki room when we're scheduled to go to Splash Mountain, <laughs> we can, yeah. and it's not going right. to totally derail us and send us off into like the ether without a tether of how to come well, back. Yeah. Cause let's face it. I mean, most of us, we're all creatives here yeah. and listening, we need some structure. 
Totally. But we don't need too much structure because then we're like, that's not why I got into this. Yeah, because yeah. then it just squeezes all the creative soul out of you, right? All right, might as well stick me in a cubicle. Come on. Totally. <laughs> so you got to find that balance of like, what, I'm waking up, what do I do today? I don't know what to do today. Oh, here's yes. some stuff I can do today, but it's not everything, right? Yes, exactly. It's not, it doesn't become a day job. I think the episode we just recorded mm -hmm. is going to drop after this one, right? That'll drop after the 13th. Let's see here on the 13th. Well, let me take a look real quick here on my handy dandy thing. So on the 20th, it's actually how to develop song ideas. Okay. So, so it's after the 20th that this drops. You talking about the nineties country one? Yeah. That one should drop right before this one or after this on October 4th. Okay. So, and this one, well, this one I'm going to flip flop. I'm going to drop this on the 13th. Yes. So uh, as I'm putting, but so I'm what I'm, I'm saying because we just recorded that, but it's going to drop later. And Lindsay, it's germane to what we're talking about because we Brent did a whole episode on a Music Row magazine article about how '90s country is coming back, right? Yeah. And Cole Swindell just had a huge hit with the she had me at Hits Carolina, Hits Carolina, Tales California, and oh, I love that song. And then Blake yeah. Shelton's nobody song he's bringing back the mullet like we're just kind of <laughs> talking about trends and how they happen because you had mentioned you know like if you spit out on the other side we make money a we're all good but here it, it's like with this kind of a system and again you don't need permission you need to be good and you need to be a good business person too right okay and you need to promote mm -hmm. okay you have to you know it's not going to happen without freaking promotion okay right. right you have to promote you have to spend 95 percent of your time of your blood your sweat your tears your creative energy and your budget promoting but if you're handling it this way and you're using a framework like what Lindsay's going to teach you for free in three days this is a game changer. It's a total game changer. And there's not a lot of this going on out there. I think this is just a really incredible opportunity for, for all the climbers. Yeah. And I, I will say like, you can I do, and, and, I'm sorry, for, to, but you can do whatever you want. Yeah. You don't have to sound like what's on the radio. You just have to be good. Yeah. And I, I don't like, I hate to say this, but with the framework that I teach, like you don't even have to be that good. <laughs> <laughs> you, have to be, you have to be effective in engaging your fan base around effective. a message or a theme that you that is what you're here to create art about. Does that make sense? Well, let's put it this way. It's not a talent competition. It's not. right. The music business is honestly not a talent competition. We can all think of artists who are big stars, yeah. but they wouldn't win a talent show. Sure. But it's okay because this is not a talent show. Yeah. It's about I, connecting with about the artists. They wouldn't win a talent show. They wouldn't even get on the talent show. <laughs> right. Yeah. They wouldn't be in the first 100 on American Idol. Right. Or they wouldn't even be considered to be on yeah. TV. Yeah. Voice. And often those that do win. I mean, you got you to gotta be competent. Right. You got to be good enough, but you don't have to be. Carrie Underwood, yes, obviously she can literally win a talent contest, right? Yeah. And that's totally, a bonus. But she's a great example because I was just about to say often those that do win mm -hmm. aren't really that great of artists. They're just yeah. this right. freak of nature talents. Mm -hmm. And there's not a whole lot of artistry happening. Mm -hmm. It's just a big voice. And so I think right. that's why it's so exciting to be an artist that's alive in this time and space because I, I kind of joke that like, 
Well, I don't know. It's maybe not that much of a joke in my head, but <laughs> I'll say that just to kind of like has saved me from getting burnt at the stake. But I feel like the music business is really just to, it's turned into the celebrity business. Mm -hmm. Whereas the real music business is the independent artists that are really creating art from a place of creative inspiration and mm -hmm. desire to connect and engage a fan base around something that is meaningful. And I think that it's again, so exciting to be an artist that's alive today because you have the ability, like you said, you don't have to be the talent competition winner. Your, your art doesn't even have to be that great from that standpoint. It just has to be something that is going to move the listener mm. and connect with them on a level that they're looking to be connected with on. Yeah. So like I said, at the CD baby conference, I was like, look, don't burn me at the stake here, but you're not actually here just to create great music. That's not what artists are here to do. We're still really conditioned. And I still, I love to use the idea. Like we really are very <laughs> big products of our post-industrial mindset mm -hmm. where we're overly focused on what the person can create. What's the product? What's the tangible thing? And actually, Johnny, I used one of your metaphors in my talk at CD baby about people understanding if you give them a cardboard box mm. to like how they understand the value of that. They understand like how to transact around it, what kind of value it can add to their lives, whether it's worth anything to them right now or not, whether it is, yeah, if they're in the market for it, whatever. And for the artist, we've been focused on the product of what we can create versus what we're actually here to do. Artists don't exist. It's why we don't have nine to fives because we don't exist in that kind of business structure. Mm -hmm. And so our offering that we actually transact around is not the song. The song is like the tool by which we communicate the message of what we're transacting around. And what we're transacting around is our ability to heal, transform, help our audiences transcend, find comfort, find connection, find meaning, find deeper purpose. You can line a hundred artists up and they're all going to have a different answer to that question when you say, what do you make music for? Right? Mm -hmm. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind and these Raycons are fantastic. 
Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. And so it's helping artists see first that take that psychological shift of, oh, actually, that is what I'm here to do. The songs are the tool that I use to communicate that message. And then once you can step back and see it from that 30,000 foot view, the non-traditional revenue streams start to become more apparent. And you can start to look at your business as a brand holistically versus just how do I sell my songs? How do I sell my live shows? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there's lots of ways that I have always been surprised at how many artists are excited about making money in other ways that aren't straight up and down, just transacting around a song or a live show. Yeah. Especially when you can show artists how, and you guys both know this because you run digital businesses too, but when you can show them how you can create passive income mm -hmm. that cr creates a lot of time freedom. Mm -hmm. Until we have an economy that's actually paying for the song, we need time freedom as artists. So we have yeah. to develop a business structure that's going to allow us both a full-time income and a high amount of time freedom so we can continue to create great art. Because no one's creating great art if you're broke and if you're running around like a chicken with your head cut off to five different jobs. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. And this isn't pie in the sky stuff you guys no. like we had Lindsay last year we did a show talking about a spotify report that came out in where they talking about the year 2020 and there was 13,400 artists that they paid at least $50,000 in streaming revenue only to and so we packed it on the show and i said okay if we take out all the artists that are currently signed right now which is less than a thousand but we said it's a thousand right yeah that are using somebody else's money, somebody else's infrastructure. And then I went deep into history and said, okay, well, how do how could we come up with a number of artists that have multi-million dollar brand names as far back as like the Beatles when they first came out in the Stones? Like, what do they look like? How many of those artists are there? The number I came up with was, I'm not going to go through all the math, but it was like 2,700 artists in the last yeah. 60 years. Okay. Really small. Which left like 8,400 artists mm -hmm. like climbers, like indie artists, like you, who figured out a way to make at least 50 grand in streaming revenue off one platform. Off of one platform, which means it's really like your gross on streaming is going to be more like 75 to 100. Okay. Yeah. And the highlight of this story is just a few months ago, that same report came out again for 2021, and that number jumped up to 16,500 artists. Wow. Mm -hmm. And so that we did not sign yeah. 3,300 brand new major label artists who are using somebody else's money right. to make that happen. So the system is what's missing if you have the art. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it can be done. And that's just streaming. That's not ticket sales. It's not any of the other alternative revenue streams. Mm -hmm. yeah. And when you talk about alternative revenue streams, I want climbers to hear this. They're so alternative. 
that even the industry isn't freaking using them, right? Like how much money is, is Sony and Warner and Universal making off their freaking YouTube channel? And there's YouTubers out there that are making seven figure livings because they understand traffic. Yeah. And they know what you know what I mean? So this is enlightening you guys. And they also understand what their audience wants to buy from them. Mm, yeah. Because especially for indie artists, one of the things that most indie artists see as a revenue stream is merch, which great. I have nothing against merch, but we want to think about the fact that like when you're first starting out and you have a small audience, how many people really want to rock a shirt with your name on it? Like they don't always care yet. Right. Mm -hmm. So this idea that we should do shirts, hats, and koozies, and we need to dump a bunch of cash. So we have merch. Cause that's what artists do. Right. It's just a little outdated. I've had so many clients that have developed alternative merch that are making them really great cash on the side. You know, everything from candles to Johnny. I don't know if you told me about this story, but the guy with the pickles. No, you told me about that story. There's a guy in Louisiana. I told you. Okay. I don't yeah, remember because we were talking about, about. So here's some of the stuff like Lindsay and I have cooked up. So just think about this at 30,000 feet. Pickles. Pickles. A standpoint. So yeah, pickles. pickles. It involves pickles. Okay. You get me there. But we said, we said there's a band called, this is a great record. It's a band called Jet. Okay. That came out in the early 2000s and they've got that song. Are you going to be my girl? Like one, two, three, take my hand and come with me because mm. you look so fine that I really want to make you mouth. Hey, by the way, <laughs> yeah. another Bo Diddley beat on that. Right. Isn't it? Bo Diddley. Uh, there we go. A call back to another episode. Yeah. That band broke because they were synced to the very first Apple iPod commercial. Yeah. And mm -hmm. that got us thinking, this is like one of these times where Lindsay and I are just brainstorming up some stuff. And we're like, okay, we're all conditioned because the way it always happens is you get a record deal, you put out a record, it goes huge. You put out another record, you have a multi-million dollar brand name, and then you go sell some stuff. And people are going to buy that stuff because of your brand, right? right? Whether right. it's vodka or shoes yeah. or whatever. But yeah. in the digital world, we can flip-flop that. And what if we had, if, if you have a band like Jet, where granted it's a music product, but this doesn't have to matter. Okay, the iPod is a music product, but... Jet broke because their music got in front of a bunch of eyeballs because it was a mm -hmm. sync to a commercial selling a product that had nothing to do with Jet, except for that Jet could be on that iPod, right? Yeah. And so we started saying, well, what if you had some e-commerce, right? Some things you could sell that people would buy because they were cool products, not because of your brand. Mm-hmm. And so th this would be like, you'd have to know what your brand was. You'd want them to be brand consonant products, right? Mm -hmm. I, I had told, because Lindsay, I had told you about the story of the artist where she, we had a young female pop artist. She was real hot. Yeah. And she had a very sexually charged brand, like young Madonna kind of a thing. Yeah. And she mm -hmm. put out this, she was a brilliant marketer, but still kind of stuck in the musician way of thinking about things, the artist way of thinking about things. Even though she hit a freaking home run of all home runs, it was a, a clothing boxers, thing right? that was boxer shorts. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And on the inside of the boxer short and the flap, it had a, a gear shift icon, like our gear <laughs> shift, like mm -hmm. what do you call it? Matrix <laughs> yeah. or sewn in to the thing, right? Which is sort of mm -hmm. very, very edgy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, but brand kind of, she sold out on those. Yeah. And then she didn't do it again because she's thinking, well, I'm not here to sell 
underwear. Right. But I'm like, wow, like, no, like, okay, if we did yeah. commercials and your song was your hook was what was going to sell these, but people are buying these because they thought it was a clever product, right. not because they, but they're going, can, can sales of a product introduce people to an it's artist and yeah. give the artist the mm. freaking email address? Yeah. Email address and income <laughs> yeah. right up front without waiting to grow the audience yeah. and then get the mm. income. I, I and mean, so Brent, wow. you were like, okay, mm -hmm. get me there on the pickles. And this is what we walked through on day two of the masterclass, because like, this is such a great example with the story, Johnny, because she obviously made some great money, yep. but couldn't connect that it could be a part of her overall brand. Yeah. And that's and her marketing. Usually, yeah. That's usually the missing piece for artists is there's a bridge between I'm an artist. I make music. This is what I make. And then this is something that's not brand resonant, but when you can help them see that actually it is because of who you are as an artist, mm -hmm. and then you can start to help them develop and engage a narrative in their social media and in their marketing that helps people see, Oh, this is Jenny. She's the singer and the girl that makes the really cool boxers right? Mm -hmm. Like that all happens socially. That all happens in the narrative. So like the guy with the pickles, I don't know all the details, but part of who he is as an artist is he's a guy who really loves cooking and he's from Louisiana. Mm -hmm. And maybe part of his story was that he grew up with a family that had like, that loved, maybe his mom loved pickling shit. I mean, who knows, right? <laughs> yeah. and so, mm -hmm. But that's a yeah. part of how we then bring our audience through our social media marketing into our overall brand of who we are. And I'll often ask, By giving them something first that they want, that they could use, that they find attractive, and then and they discovering you money in the process of that. And to finish that story, you're the one that came in with the pickles. You're like, this guy private labeled pickles and is selling mm -hmm. pickles and he was yeah. grossing $4,000 a month selling pickles. Nice. Now, <laughs> I mean, cause really, do you have to have a deal when that can be your bread and butter? Right? Hell no. Bread and butter oh, pickles. See what I did there? That was yes. a joke. And dill. You don't have to have a record deal. That can be your bread and butter. <laughs> but, but, Come on. Okay, people. If you take, if you take a margin, of, like, let's just say he's making a thousand bucks, like profit, right? Yep. A month. Yeah. On the pickles. Okay. Mm -hmm. That can be put into that's after the ad cost, after he pays the pickles, the jar, the the label. Right. Yeah. If it's the not whole, eating yeah, up all, all your time. Like if you're making a thousand dollars, even if you're not completely like flush on this, or let's say breaking even on this, if you are making money, if you got a, a five thousand dollar budget, okay, and you're using that budget to sell a product that has your music attached to it and your brand attached to it. And people are discovering you that way. And you end up spending $5,000 on ads to sell the product and you generate $4,000 of revenue. So you're a grand in the hole. You still spent that. We could have been a promo budget, right? right. So you put a huge dent mm -hmm. in your promo budget, making it stretching it out longer and ideally you're going to break even on the product. So that means you just keep selling the product right? and you just keep reaching new people for free. Right. Right. That's why I call it the fan acquisition tool that pays you because everybody that bought a, a jar of pickles, they, he got that email address. You better believe it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so if he sold, I mean, I don't want to do the math and make myself look really blonde, but 
he probably, if he's, <laughs> if he's selling $4,000 worth of pickles at 10 bucks a jar. Yeah. Yeah. How many email addresses is that's a ton of email addresses. And he's also building a business framework that can scale. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because yeah, like no, no one's business straight out of the box is going to make money the first go around. It's just not how it typically works. Like if you do cool, but 90% of us, it takes us some tweaking and all of that before we're really profitable. And so I just love that point, Johnny, because I think it's, it's important for people to see all the possibility that exists with building your business in this way, even if you're not making money right off the bat, you're building that framework and it's something that can scale and you can eventually outsource the tasks that you don't want to do. So you have more time to just do your creative stuff, do your art. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's really exciting to me to help artists see like how much possibility truly exists when we shift how we're looking so at tell it. Me, t- tell us a little bit about the class now. It's a yep. three-day class. How much time each day in the class? When does it start? Quick sort of maybe outline on day one, day two, day three. Yeah. So it's we're starting on the 20th. And we go through the 22nd. So we are, we hosted in a, in a private Facebook group. So everybody that joins in that Facebook group, myself and my team of coaches are also available during the course of that week while we're hosting the masterclass to just answer questions, give some free support and coaching. People have questions that they want to get asked around like how this applies to their unique circumstances and their unique career. Mm -hmm. So it's another feature of what we offer that I just really love because it's a great way for people to get some free support with their business. But we do like a 60 to 90 minute training every day where I come on, I give a training and then we open it up for live Q and a and some coaching day one. We talk a lot about helping you understand. Cause I know there's probably some listeners going pickles, boxers. I don't know what the hell I would doesn't even where I'm not even suggesting that that's the only way it doesn't have to be a, a item. It could be so many different things. So that first day we're going to yeah, really one example. It's just one example. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So we kind of help you see like within your own brand of who you are as an artist and what you're here to do for the world, what are some of the non-traditional revenue stream possibilities that could exist for you? So we're going to walk through that together. Day one, day two, as I mentioned earlier, we're going to go through how to make social media something that you don't freaking hate because most artists have a love, hate or hate, hate relationship (laughs) with social media. And honestly, it's because they're not selling anything. They don't have anything to sell. So they don't yeah. have, it's not, so it's not fun. They don't see the needle. Fun. Move. Totally. They don't see the needle move. They don't even know right. what to look for. If the needle were to move, mm-hmm. it's just very amorphous. And there's this like mouse on meth in the back of their brain. That's like post, 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 mm-hmm. post, post. You have to keep posting, 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 but not mm-hmm. clear on what the end result is. So there's, it really hinders the motivation to stay in that like consistency. Right. So we mm-hmm. kind of break down why having thing to sell totally shifts the game for you. And then on day three, we kind of walk through numbers and really help artists get a sense of their numbers because that's also something that most artists are really afraid of looking at is the numbers. Cause mm-hmm. up until now they didn't know how to make it return. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or how to get that return on investment. So it was easier just to look in the other way because 
emotionally as creatives, we need to get our creative baby like out into the world. And if it costs $15,000 by George, we'll find a way mm, Right, have to do it. And then we get the baby birthed and then we're like, well, shit, I'm 15 <laughs> in the hole, and I don't know what to do next. Mm-hmm. So to look at like, again, right. how we build this fan acquisition tool. So you can start to weigh those costs on the front end. Um, and, and no, how- it's like you make a baby. Then you realize we don't have any diapers. Exactly. <laughs> uh-huh. No crib. I got crap everywhere. Nothing. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yep. Like you, you make a baby and then they just, they give the baby to you at the hospital and go, go home. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, I have no <laughs> idea what I'm doing. <laughs> Where's the so, manual? I'm sorry. Where's the manual? Where's the manual? They just gave this person. They gave this human to me. <laughs> You're calling it a miracle, and I'm calling it like this is a catastrophe. I don't know what the hell I'm supposed to do. <laughs> exactly. Uh-huh. Oh my goodness, so, Lindsay. Where can they register for this like free training? So the easiest way is to follow me on Instagram. I'm at Lindsay Kirkendall. L i n d s e y k i r k e n d a l l, and you can. Register for it through the link in my bio. Okay. That's the easiest way. Or you can DM me the word six figures and I'll send you the link. So, and I, I'm sure we'll have a link somewhere in the show notes or something as well, but, there you go. Nice. um, but yeah, yes. that's the easiest way. So if you're following me on Instagram, you can either DM me six figures or click through the link in my bio and you can register. Um, and again, I think it's, it's great that you're doing this, Lindsay. And I, Hey, for the climbers out there, I'll tell you that. Lindsay and I have worked on a, together on a couple different artist projects and done some really, really cool stuff with it. And mm-hmm. she, I mean, like CD baby, isn't going to have her come out there and talk just because she's a pretty face. You know what I mean? <laughs> she's got a lot to say and a lot of, a lot of stuff to teach. And so this is a, it's a worthwhile thing and it's going to require a few hours of your time and that's it. Step up your game. Yeah. Yeah. This is all about promotion and how to teach you how to do it better and actually like doing it. That's another thing I like about that. I love about what you do, mm-hmm. Lindsay, is that it's like, you understand that m- promo can be icky. That's your word. Icky. Yeah. Make you feel icky. And you can t- turn that around and be like, okay, look, this is how we're going to approach this. And it's actually going to be fun. Yeah. And it's nothing more satisfying than, and I've always said this just about promotion. Like you write songs and you're an artist for a very specific reason. You have an itch that you want to scratch and, to try to communicate to people, to make them feel something, to compel them to feel something. Right. And you do all that work to craft that song and then to craft that recording. And it promo feels icky, but when you start to have success with it, when you start to do something and what is promo doing, it's another way of communicating to somebody that they should give this song a chance yeah, and that they're going to like this product, right? Which mm-hmm. is going to lead to this song. And when you do that and you do it right. And then people are like, Oh, I freaked out. Like, I love this. Then let me tell you something. There's no better high than that. Yeah. Then you're just mm-hmm. like, wow. Okay. This really works. Like I can really do this. And you're like, yeah, mm-hmm. if you do it once, you can do it twice. Yeah. If you do it twice, you can do it 10 times. If you do it 10 times, you can do it a hundred times yep. and you just keep going and you scale to use your words there, Lindsay, which is perfect. And next thing you know, I mean, we were just talking about the minimum 50 grand on Spotify, which is more like 75 or a hundred grand. Like I was just asking my interns two days ago, my new interns. I'm like, how much are you hoping to make when you graduate? And they're like, I'm hoping like 40, 50,000 bucks a year with a college education. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's like almost. We're saying here we found like th- three, 3,300 new people 
in the United States, or not in the United States, that's worldwide, that just from 2021 to 20, or 20 to 20 to 2021, who figured out how to make that kind of money. Yeah. Just on streaming. Revenue. Now that's passive income too. Yeah. Is it streaming? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mind blowing guys. This, this opportunity is so huge. So Lindsay, thank you so much. I yeah. think. Oh, I was going to say, Lindsay, uh, this is not her first time guesting on the climb episode two, six, two. If I'm, if I have my number right, two sixty two. If you want to go further down the rabbit hole and just hear Lindsay yeah. help you some more, check out Climb episode 262, her first appearance on there. So anyway, just want to get that out there. Thank you. There you go. Well, Lindsay, thank you so much. We'll put that link in Instagram in the show notes for everybody so that you can just jump there, click over and get it. I mean, what what do you what what do you got to lose here? I mean, right? come on, it's free. You can't, right. I mean, this is a gift. And it's also recorded. So everyone that's in the group that week, if you can't make it on with us live, you can still watch the recordings the entire week. We have people internationally that show up and obviously time zones are a, a real factor. Yeah. So mm-hmm. even if you don't think you can make the yeah. live recordings, I would still encourage anybody that thinks this is a good or something that they want to do to go ahead and join the group, sign up and um, you can get all the recordings while you're in there. So not a bad yeah no excuse nice no That's excuses great. all right guys well that takes us to never another killer climb episode we want you to learn about the six figure artists it's a free three-day master class with the incomparable Lindsay kirkendall her brain you'll fall in love with it it's amazing it will lead you to the promised land i promise you okay yeah <laughs> uh, this podcast exists because we want you to win guys so keep on climbing and we'll see you at the top It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.